A young man gets recruited into a rebellion. Senators make moves behind the scenes. An era of darkness looms over the galaxy and more as the Sky Guys are back to preview season one of Andor. there welcome back to the sky guys we are getting ready now for a new season of star wars live tv coverage Andor is underway next week three episodes coming on september 21st on disney plus one your host mike phillips with us as always the man is voice you hear in the narration every single week pete constador is here pete how are you doing fantastic we're almost there we're, we're close to Andor, september 21st uh i'm pumped yeah 12 whole episodes pete this is like a this is like triple our usual season size yeah, this is going to be a, a long one, but we're getting the first three episodes on premiere, uh, which is wild to me. Um, we're going to have to to I think Nick was saying we have to take a vacation day just to watch it so we can get a we can get a what's it called? The, the, the watch him before we do the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And as he's done filing his vacation request now, the morally ambiguous rebel spy of this, of this podcast, Nick Fred is here. Nick, how are you? Doing great. I feel like it's been a while. I feel like we've only done like we've only done this together probably once in the last like two months. You know, Pete was out a while. We did one show a couple weeks ago on Rogue One, and now we're finally getting back out of the off season, same time as the NFL. Yep, absolutely. NFL week one will be in the books by the time you listen to this one. And right now we are getting ready for like I said, twelve episode season of Andor, Nick. We got three episodes from here. We're gonna be going to Andor until Thanksgiving. Yeah, that sounds great. Yep. I'm very excited. I know you're the this is, this is your most number one most anticipated show of the whole upcoming Star Wars content. So I'm sure you're pumped. I'm a little nervous too because if this one doesn't uh, live up to the expectation, then what will? Absolutely here, and let's start everybody off here. Peace. Talk about the plugs here. I mean, if you wait here on the Sky Guys podcast, please subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, all those all the usual suspects. Tongue tied there, so. So feel free to subscribe on there. Let us know like how we're doing because best way to do that is subscribe so you get these episodes right like in the quickest access because during the season we're the same thing we're doing for Book of Boba and we do for Obi Wan here that it gets premiere day same day as everybody else on Just on the Suffering but otherwise you have to wait a few days so why do that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. We, we you gotta subscribe. I I, I think uh, everyone's getting annoyed at me now telling you to subscribe. So just just do it. So I don't have to keep saying it. It's kind of you know. It's embarrassing at this point. Go go subscribe if you haven't already. Yeah, and Nick, the, the Instagram should be firing fired up soon because they're officially into Andor preseason mode now. Yeah, once we get some new content, I can make some new memes on it. But until I get any content, it's going to be tough. Yeah, so I have people get on that so they're ready when the new memes are coming. At Sky Guys Podcast on Instagram. One word. Yeah. All one word. You go check out the YouTube page. Mike Phillips on YouTube for the video version of these episodes here. All our fancy graphics here and our props. I don't have any Andor props yet, Pete. Those are coming, I'm sure. We'll get there. I'm sure there will be some sort of Lego set that comes out for this afterwards, the show. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some Andor um, toys that will come out, too. You know, they're going to want to capitalize on all this. Yeah, I see plenty of merch. 100%. All right. Now, before we dive into this a little bit, Nick, what do you have in the Star Wars news department this week? Okay, three small pieces. Well, two very small, but number one is the Book of Boba Fett won the Outstanding Special Visual Effects at the Creative Art Emmys. Uh, I don't know when that was recently, a couple days ago. Yeah. So, 
congrats to them. I guess, you know, it always makes sense. Star Wars movies always seem to win the sound and the vet visual effects and stuff like that. So makes sense. But. Yeah. And shout out to those guys for winning an Emmy. And Pete, I got to ask you, I think I was critical of the Book of Boa Fett visuals during the season, the special effects. I was surprised you they actually got the Emmy. I I am just I I don't this show is just, <laughs> this puppy to bed I I don't I don't even know if, like if they when the season two comes out I don't even know if I'm going to join the podcast with you guys for that one uh no I listen good for them they obviously won um you know I I don't know what else to say other than they won I, I really it's just kind of like a loss for words for that one all right Nick what is the next news item on your list up next is we have a rumor that's. Basically confirmed, but not yet, is a we have a Jody Turner Smith who was in a couple of things that I've never seen, but she is going to uh join Amanda Amanda Stenberg in the Acolyte. Okay, so then- and I really don't know much about her. She's in some things here. I, I've heard like Murder Mystery. Well, this has come out yet. Yeah, Murder Mystery 2. She was in White Noise. She's in a, a show called The Last Ship. I just never seen any of the stuff with her in it, but she is an actress, and it looks like she'll be joining the crew. Yeah, I did. I just did catch that that she's hopping on the show here. So, Pete, it looks like we got uh, more, we're getting more diversity in the Star Wars universe. I'm happy about this. Yes, finally. Um, I mean, this is a show that we were talking about too that I was excited for. So, uh, what is there? Is there a release date for this yet, or is it just speculation? They're still casting at this point. I think. Am I correct, Nick? Yeah. Or- yeah, not not a lot here, but yeah. So I'm hoping that maybe by like I don't know what 2024 we see this come out. Um, you yeah. know, there's a lot more that needs to happen first before they actually start filming. So it could be a little bit. I assume this is one of the three live actions they're targeting for 2024 if they want to keep their current model up of three a year. Sure. Right. Yeah. And um, lastly, is from Empire. Which is ironic. I don't think it has anything to do with Star Wars, but Empire. Ryan Johnson is even more proud of Star Wars The Last Jedi. Five years later, a whole interview with Ryan Johnson. We could maybe leave a link to it or something. It's very long. We're not going to go through everything. But basically, he says how proud he is of the movie and talks about Luke and his character decisions. And you get into he actually goes into pretty big detail about how one of the main things I took away was Mark Hamill consistently fighting back with him on don't do this to the character, don't do this. And in his mind, it was but you're not Luke Skywalker. You're just Mark Hamill. So I'm not, I'm not taking your word for anything. And also mentions his uh, trilogy and says that he would still like it to happen, but he's heard nothing basically from Disney. So I think it's very obvious. That's not happening. (laughs) Yeah. Pete shocker that Disney lied to us about that and said, Oh, Ryan's so busy. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is, this is like, this is a last ditch effort for this guy to, to say it was a good movie. And the fact that Mark Hamill himself was fighting him on the character and he blew off Mark Hamill kind of makes me feel like he definitely will never get a call from Disney again to do any sort of Star Wars work. I mean, that's just embarrassing. Uh, I, I'm i sorry. It's, it's a last-ditch effort to get his name back on, you know, we're talking about it on the podcast. We're, there's an article out there about how the, you know, a controversial title, how The Last Jedi, how he's proud of it. I, nothing to be proud of. I'm sorry. Just own up to it. Own up to it. Said, yeah, I messed up. I wish I didn't do it. If I could redo it again, I would. Just own up to it. 
Yeah, I mean, Nick, all, to be fair, though, Ryan Johnson's got a lot more going on than just Star Wars. I don't think he cares at this point. I don't know. I mean, he, he says he cares. Yeah. Well, he sure. literally says, I hope I do this again. This is important to me. So, he's not, I, I mean, I would agree. He shouldn't care, but he does. I mean, he's not going to end up doing it again. I mean, the fact that they, they basically Disney just basically said quietly, like you said a few months ago, just shove those under the under the rug. We're not going to talk about those. Yeah. So that is, that's the end of my news. All right. And before we dive into the Andor here, Pete, you were not with us when we look at the new Andor trailer here. What do you think about the two trailers we've gotten so far for this show? Um, With the exception of maybe two scenes that they show, it almost kind of seems like it's going to be a boring show. I hate to be that way. Um, 12 episodes long, which is, like, like we said, double what we're used to when it comes to first season live action shows with Star Wars. Um. Mandalorian was a little longer though. No, wasn't it eight or ten episodes? Their his, their first season. I could be wrong on that. Um, but it, the takeaway of it is is interesting. I just don't know what they're going to do for twelve episodes. And and I could be pleasantly surprised. Um, I could definitely be pleasantly surprised, and and we can see this go in a great direction. But not much given away here, in my opinion, as to how you know what what road they're going to go down. Yeah, Nick, I think that's is a good thing in a sense because this is not like Book of Bo where we basically got almost all the exciting stuff in the trailer and the, the rest of it we didn't really get aside from the surprise part from the Mando stuff. I think that they can't keep it close to the best and making something I think is still intriguing in my opinion. I think it's good. Yep. I don't think we're going to get a lot of... I guess the only thing I'm upset about this show is I don't think we're going to get a lot of big name like Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader lightsaber battles like we did in Kenobi. And we're not going to get any, I don't think, any huge... I think we'll get some cameos, absolutely. But I don't think we're going to get any huge cameo like Cad Bane. I don't think we're going to get that stuff. But what I do think we're going to get is little missions and little acts of terrorism throughout the galaxy that's going to be the foundation of this show, really, is, is little ways to infiltrate the Empire, little like stuff like that. And that's what I'm very interested in. Yeah, I'm interested in this too. I mean, you look at the situation here with the with the with the format of the show here. I I don't know if we talk about this on the on the package because we had an arc we'll get to in a minute from the I believe it is Variety talking to Tony Gilroy, the showrunner, about the structure of the show is that basically season one of this show is only two seasons. It all covers events from year five BBY, so five years before the battle. You have in episode four. The second season is events from for BBY until right before Rogue One. And the new information we've gotten here, Pete's the last time Nick and I talk about this, is that these this show is basically operating in three episode arcs. So like there's like three episode storylines that are gonna wrap up and move on to an entirely new storyline the same season. This sort of explains why we're getting three the premieres, sort of show us how this thing's gonna work. What do you think about what we've learned so far at the structure of the show? I think it's okay. Um I think with a animated show, story arcs that break up a season is I don't want to say ideal, but a little bit more receptive, re- received, in my opinion. Um, three episode story arcs in a live action. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully they tie into each other at some point. But if the last three episodes of this season has nothing to do with what happened with the rest of the season, I, it's going to be very, it's just, it's not going to be a cohesive experience, right? It's going to be, okay, I just watched four three part series. Um, so I hope they have something that ties it in together. I hope that they're just not doing like, Here's season one, but it's a collection of four different series, and that's what we're just putting together. Um, just so we can at least have some fluidity through it. Yeah, Nick, any, anything you want to add? 
No, I completely agree. They better have the arcs better be connected to one another. If it's just completely out of left field, like 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 a, like a cartoon where there's no continuity in one episode to the next, if they do that, that's going to be really rough. And I don't think they will. I think there will be a connection. So that that's cool. But they better. That's really what I have to say. And the structure of the show, I do like the arc. I, like you know, I'll say it again. They have to connect. But um, assuming they do, I do like the structure of the three episode arcs. I think it's easy to stay engaged and understand. Like, when you have a twelve episode thing; it could drag on a while with one story. If if that one story is not that interesting, then the show sucks. So this way, you have four different stories, really. So let's say the second arc or the third arc is not that good. Well, if the other three are good, then the show can still be good. Yeah. And we did get a big interview from Variety. This came out, I believe, on, I think, in towards the end of August from Tony Gilroy, where the show, where he talks a lot about this show, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes. I'm going to pop it on the screen for a second so people can see the uh, see the actual article imagery on the, on the uh, Google, on the YouTube stream of this. So the title of the article is here, How Andor became the first Star Wars TV series for grown-ups. I want to do it all about real people. And Nick, I feel like this speaks to you very well, very much. Yeah, I mean, I am a real person, so that's that's exciting because I, I am a real person and I am I am an ad- a grown up. But I see what you say. I see what you mean. All jokes aside, um, I've liked all the Star Wars stuff that they've done so far on Disney Plus. I haven't loved everything. There's been things I've thought were okay at best, but I haven't disliked anything really. So that's good. But this seems like something that I'm going to really like a lot because. It's going to be more like Rogue One, which I love so much, and the adult, mature atmosphere of it, or the, or the tone, rather. And uh, that's what it seems like is going on here. It's going to have an adult tone to it, and that's what we want to see as, as adult Star Wars fans. Yeah, Pete, get a chance to look over this article here and give you your general takeaway from what Tony Gilroy had to tell us. Um, I didn't have a chance, I have to be honest with you. I didn't have a chance. However, I, I, I kind of disagree with that, that title. I, I would think Obi-Wan is a TV show for adults. I don't think kids are watching that show with the very dark, you know, undertones of it and the, the being depressed and people dying. And oh, I, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like maybe that was an adult show as well. Um, you know, I, I also agree with Nick. It's going to be very exciting to see what the regular day to day people for star Wars were doing. Um, but I want to bring it back to the three story arc issue I may have with it is what if we only really get something interesting every three episodes because they need to build up to that third episode being the end of the arc. So I'm hoping that it's not too adult where you're just sitting there gathering information for two episodes and then, okay, now it comes to an end on the third. Um, But we'll see. We'll definitely see. All right. I'm going to sort of go back to Nick here for an interesting point I have in the article from from, the, from Variety again, series most crucially, rather than wayward Jedi or secret Skywalkers, Andor follows lowly factory workers and mid-level technocrats, seems unremarkable characters who have long hovered in the background but were never granted the spotlight until now. I want to do about real people, Gilroy says. They had all this IP about the royal family in essence. It's been great, but there's a billion, billion, billion other beings in the galaxy. There's plumbers and cosmeticians, journalists, what are their lives like? The revolution is affecting them just as much as anybody else. Why not use the Star Wars canon as a host organism for absolutely realistic, passionate, dramatic storytelling? So, Nick, I feel like this, again, sort of speaks to what you want here. Absolutely. I mean, we can we can, we can can word it any way we want. We know what I want. I, we've said it for months now. This is what I want. I'm here. 
I'm ready to see it. Don't mess it up. Yeah, and Pete, we also mentioned before that this show is also going to be shooting, like, they did not go inside the volume, which is the big uh, 3D, like, like completely, like, immersive, like, soundstage they use for Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan. They did a lot of location shooting for this show. I don't think they did anything inside the, the volume. So I think this also will give the show a distinct look compared to the other three shows. Yeah, it's going to have a more natural look. It's going to, you're going to know that they actually went somewhere to, to film it instead of using their soundstage, right? Yeah. Um, I'm actually excited for that. I Not that I don't like special effects, but I also kind of like knowing that they're in real places sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's, a, that's an exciting little tidbit of information. If people out there that are, are real uh, film nuts and, and TV show like enthusiasts, that they're going to be on, you know, on location, at location for most of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think in terms of the whole idea of this is a show for grubs, like Gilroy goes on and said, this is not a show for nine-year-olds. It's more like like a storytelling, like like complexity, emotional maturity here. So, Nick, I don't think we're getting the uh, the Star Wars uh, staple of a child being protected by somebody else. So, Andrew's not going to be a little kid psychic. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> well, I trust could, be all about, could be all about a child, Jenner, so. Yeah. She wouldn't be a child. She'd be like a teenager. Yeah, like 15, 14, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem like it, which is nice. Yeah, I think it is very nice here. Let's talk about Andor himself, because obviously we're getting him five years prior to the events of Rogue One. At this point, I think he's basically getting recruited into the 20, I think he's, I think he's, I think he's 21 years old at this time. 21 years old at this point here. So what's basically going on with this show is, like, he gets recruited to the Rebellion. We're going to learn something about his past, where we're going to see, like, I think we actually see clone troopers in the trailer basically attacking his home planet. That's sort of the inciting incident that gets him starting on his journey here. And Pete, like considering what we saw from him in the movie, like what do you expect that we get out of Cassian here? Um, what I'm expecting is him trying to infiltrate the empire from the inside. Um, kind of like what we've seen Star Wars characters do put on the helmet, get into the, the space uh, station or get into the base or get into the spaceship and act like one of them. I think he may join the Empire and see what's going on, on the inside. Um, we may see that. I I don't know what else. I, I hate I hate to be that guy. I'm not trying to say my expectations super low for this this show, but I just from the trailer, I don't really know what else is gonna be done by this character and what arcs they're gonna show, especially for two seasons. Yeah, Nick, any sort of idea of what you want out of Cassian here? Because I don't know what points of development we're going to find him when we meet him. Uh, not necessarily something I want out of him, but I could tell you that I think we're going to see Order 66 again in this show. And it may not, ha- and this time I don't think it's going to have to do with the Jedi, which is interesting. Every time I've ever seen anything about Order 66, it's had to do with the clones and the Jedi, because that's what it was, right? Yeah. But I think we're going to see Order 66 from the point of view of the random regular civilian the common person which i think in this point is cassian and his planet or his civilization wherever they are i'm not really sure exactly what it is i know his home world is called fest i'm not sure if that's where he still is at this point but i think we're going to see it from their point of view and see why the common person hates the empire because we really don't know that outside of yeah obviously they're a dictatorship, which I can see why people don't like the rules, but when they first come along, why do people not like them? Maybe we'll find out why, which is interesting. Let's let's see that. And uh, in the show itself, I'm expecting to see him infiltrate a little bit. I'm expecting to see little mission. Like I'm expecting to see little rogue missions because we're not 
the empire, or excuse me, the rebellion is not big enough yet. There's no war yet. There's no missions. There is, let me rephrase. There's no big like missions where it's like we're sending a crew here. It's no, it's you and three other guys can go bomb a tank. And that's about it. They don't really have the resources to be doing this stuff. So I'm that's what I want to see is little things like that. Yeah, so I'm like, you, see, you, you ever notice in video games or in a movie or whatever it may be? Let's take the video game for example. It's like the excuse me, the movie for example. The beginning of the movie is very. Yeah, I, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and then I need you to figure out how to word this better. But the beginning of the movie is you meet with some guy in the alleyway, like he did in Rogue One, and they talk about there's a pilot. And it's, it's the, it's the world seems very small at that point, or excuse me, very big at that point, where there's some pilot. And you don't even bother thinking about like the big names in play. And it's like, yeah, this pilot defected, and it's all about the pilot. By the time you get to the end of the movie, it's about Tarkin and Vader and the, the actual Death Star blowing the planet up. Like the, He gets himself involved in much more than just a little pilot. And I'm expecting to see more of the little pilot in the show. So I don't know if you can rephrase that in any way, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's basically sort of like, like you're basically like, this is like Iron Man, where he's going and fighting his first villain, and then at the end of the movie, Nick Fury shows up and says, you're in a, you guys are in a much bigger world than you know, already know. So. Exactly. So we're going to be seeing a little bit of whiplash here. Yeah, you get, you get a little whiplash there. I think it's good. I think for me, Pete, I think it's interesting to see, like, when, because I mean, Cassie has said he's been fighting since he's six years old, so I'm sure we'll see some of that. I'm curious to see, like, how quick is he when he gets reproached by somebody affiliated with the rebellion to say, "Hey, come work for us"? Like, how quick he's willing to cross the lines necessary to like get jobs done? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we're gonna get a lot of the rebellion for this whole show. I mean, the the tagline, pretty much for the show, is "Witness the start of the rebellion," and I doubt they're just gonna leave it for the last arc of the show and only leave it for the last two or three episodes to say, oh, we're starting the rebellion. I think this is going to be a bigger part of the show than maybe Nick or other people want. Um, and I also kind of feel like we're not going to get a lot of the little stuff. I think they're going to put a lot of theatrical big stuff in there that is not going to fit, right? I mean, one of the trailer, um, and I don't know if it's Andor doing this, but one of the trailer scenes is there's there's like a dogfight in space with explosions and TIE fighters. It's like, that seems like a little bit of war. No one's just doing that for the hell of it. So... I, I'm curious to see what direction they go when it comes to the pacing and, and when they introduce the Rebellion. I I have a funny feeling it's going to be wrapped around the Rebellion a lot. And I feel like that's going to, at least for me, it's going to kind of downgrade the show a little bit because we've already seen the Rebellion so much and we want something a little refreshing and different, right? Yeah, Nick, I think also, I mean, we do get this a little bit in Rebels where like we see, like like you said, like the, like the ghost crew is basically like bombing tanks or like raiding supplies and stuff like that. I think you'll see a little bit of that. And I could see like, at this point, like by the end of season one of rebels, they basically are like brought into the Alliance basically. So I could see like, we'll get to this minute. The other storyline sort of be like me, Cassie's doing his thing for like one cell. And then Mon Moth on the other side of the storyline is starting to put strings in motion to collect a bunch of cells to form an actual rebellion. Could be. Could be. I mean, we're close. If it's five PBY, we're very close to the start of the rebellion. So you I would expect that we do see that. Yeah, absolutely here. And let's go with the Mon Mop beside the storyline here. I mean, we get a little bit of her in this in the second trailer where she's talking about, oh, like they if they're looking over here, they can't see what I'm doing over here. And it's sort of I think this is sort of the whole 
she's one of the two few legacy characters in this thing that she's been in other stuff and we get to see more of her actually doing stuff i feel like besides being a figurehead like she's been in everything else she's been in here and pete does it does it interest you at all the mob mop angle if the character goes in a direction where she is i don't want to say the word manipulative but she's witty she has that kind of that strategic brain that everyone keeps talking about, but we don't really see it much during the show, the, excuse me, the movies that she's been in. If they show more of her in action that way with the mind, I would say she's a good character. But right now, she's still freaking boring. I, I, I can't say I'm excited for Mon Mothma. I got to be completely honest with you. Um, unless we see that that backstory or or that whatever, I mean, I, you see a little bit in the movies, but it's just it's not. It's like okay, what the hell are you doing here? Any any character can do this. We don't need you to do this. Um, at least that's in my opinion. People can can disagree with me or not, but I, right now it's kind of like she's going to be boring unless proven otherwise. Yeah, Nick, what do you think about Mon Mothma's story here? I feel like she is the vehicle to bring us in some of the legacy characters here. Like I'm sure, like we're we'll talk about this in a minute, like. Her being in the Senate and seeing how the Senate works, she's going to run into people we've seen before, and so she'll be doing some stuff behind the scenes. What do you think about Mon Mothma here? I think it's very necessary because we end episode three with the rise of the Empire, right? We see the formation of the Empire, the rise of the Empire, the fall of the Jedi. We start episode four with a war going on. We start even Rogue One with this same war going on. Why? Why is it going on? We know why, but show me. There, for example, in our country, for those who don't know, we this is an American podcast. We all live in the United States. The they have the Declaration of Independence, right? And that's where the war started against um, um, uh, England, right? There's a Declaration of the Rebellion. It's never been shown before in anything. That would be awesome to see. Seeing her in the Senate, something we've never seen before, the Imperial Senate. Very exciting. She worked her, her direct boss, if you think about it, is Palpatine, right? Yep. Her boss is Palpatine, and her boss is Palpatine up until two years before the show, because that's when the about the when the rebellion officially kicks off. Two uh, two years before, um, I mean, the, the original movie. So that's. Pretty interesting, is it not? And that's the stuff that I'm interested in seeing. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that way here. And let's go ahead now to the character draft that we're going to do. Because obviously, I mean, as Pete said, they've not given us a ton of direct information about the plot. So I don't think we can speculate too much more about what we could be getting here, apart from what we've seen here. So, oh, higher. so what's going on here? Is that we done for each of the past two lives? It says Book of Boba and Obi-Wan Kenobi. We have a character draft. Three characters each per team to... See who appears the most. There's actually a tie in the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi because Pete drafted Leia appearing in all six episodes. Nick's had three different characters appear in a total of six episodes. He won a tiebreaker voted on by guests of the podcast. So he's received as prizes. He's got two Funko Pops, like like one from uh, Pete, one from me, because last place ends up buying the Funko Pop here. Nick, you want to show those to the audience? Yep, from uh, Boba. Was this Darth Maul? And from Kenobi was Vader. 
All right. So... And uh, next, if I were to win again, I would think I would like something along the lines of Grievous. All right. Well, we'll see if he does win again here. Pete, as the consolation prize, he's going to set the draft order here. And this is important to consider here because to the, uh, Tony Gilroy has said here, this is not going to be fan service. He said the, the most of the characters in this show are new characters. The characters are going to appear are going to be natural tie of the story. So it's something for you to factor in here when you set the draft order. Yeah, and uh, I've been thinking about this pretty long and hard. And I think what I want to do is Mike one, Nick two, and I go third. All right, so Pete is back. Remember, remember, it is a snake draft. Yeah, Pete's, want, Pete's so back. He's taking those three and four picks he's banking on. Right. Yeah, and I think I think putting Nick in the mid is gonna is it might limit him a little bit because by the time he gets a second pick, there's gonna be four off the board. One of it is his, but still, I'm gonna go with that. We also said, Mike. Hopefully, you remember and Pete remembered we were gonna do three characters this draft, not four. Yes, three makes more sense considering what Tony Gilroy said. And for the rules here, any character- and, and I'll be on it. Also, when we do ours and we go and it's like episode four and we're going over our things, it's so embarrassing when we're like, and I had. The space whales, you know, and it's like, oh my god! He's like, I had Chopper. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, you had Chopper in the show. He's not even—they're not even hinting at it. Yeah. All right. So, and also, to be clear for the rules of this draft, like anybody who we've seen a trailer or is in a cast announcement is not eligible for this draft that we know about. So that's no Andor himself. I was gonna be cheating. No Mon Mothma. No Saw Guerrero, who we know is gonna be in the show. Everybody else is up for grabs, and I will throw out here just so everybody gets the mm-hmm. idea. They said multiple times, including in this interview with Tony Gilroy, that K2SO is not in this season. So I'll say everybody that draft pick. Watch him be there. <laughs> Throwing everyone off. Yeah, I, I think he will be. I think I think could see it being he's in next season. I remember Alan Tudor had a big deal about how I was supposed to get this, and they told me not yet. Okay, possible. Yeah, well, then maybe you don't, maybe you don't draft him then. Yeah, I'm not going to draft him, but... First pick here, I feel like this is one of the easy picks available to me. And considering that he is friends with Mon Moth, I'm going to take Bail Organa. I feel like it's very easy to get Jimmy Smith to go on there for a couple of days, do a couple of scenes of her. They could be working together on their stuff here. Maybe she's the, he's the one she's talking to off screen when she's talking about how if, I, if they're looking over here, I don't see what I'm doing over here. I could see Bail being the partner in crime for Mon Moth. I think Bail is my first pick. Okay. Uh, I have to take Palpatine with the second pick. I can't see them having the Senate in, I would, I'm hoping and assuming, numerous episodes without the Senate himself. All right, so, Pete, you got these first two picks. I don't know. Everyone keeps saying it's not fan service, but those first two picks seem a little bit fan service-y. Um, makes sense, though. I mean, it, if they're not there, it's like, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path and say Jin Urso. Okay, so Felicity Jones herself is going to show up in Pete's opinion. I, uh, I, the reason why I make that pick is because we hear in Rogue One about the story of how Saw Gerrera kind of left her at what the age of 16 around this time. Yep. Uh, so I think maybe we do get her in a couple episodes, maybe a few more. Maybe that's one of the arcs. Maybe Saw Gerrera has a has an arc with her. So going with that. Nick, what do you think about that? We thought we theorized about that on the last podcast. That's a good pick, I think, because, yeah, we had mentioned that Saw is, we know, going to be there. At this point in time, I think saw is still with her if not it if not which i could see happening it just happened where, where she's no longer there and he brings it up like yeah i used to have this girl Jin, and then she's just not in it yeah. 
Well, Pete's got another pick coming up here. So, Pete, what are you doing with pick four? This is fan servicey, but I would like it to happen. Harrisandula. Okay, so first of the Ghost Crew gets taken here, Nick. Yeah, that's another another one that I I think eventually these characters need to come into a show that we keep bringing up, like her and some of the others. I don't want to name names in case people weren't thinking about them. Then I bring it up, and then you start thinking about it. But I think, excuse me, I think eventually it needs to happen. Yeah, so Pete, you you're you're feeling here that this is going to be sort of like our first introduction to some of the Ghost Crew members in this show. I believe so. I you know. I, I don't think it's fan servicey because I don't think Rebels is considered fan service unless it's Ahsoka or let's call it Ezra. I I think Harrison Dula is mentioned in Rogue One. I think she is a part of this or will be become a part of this uh, rebellion when in Andor's like time. And I think it's probably confirmed it's around that time with Rebels too, uh, with the with the actual timestamp of it. So I think we finally get something. I'm not. I don't. I mean, I, I'm not going to say any other people, but I just I think that Harris Andula will be a part of it at some point. All right. So, Nick, you're for pick five. Where are you going? For pick five, I'm going to pick General Draven, from, who originated in Rogue One. Yes, yeah, so, I think he'll be the general here. And I think he, I actually think he might be in every episode. All right. So just to refresh the audience, here, General Draven is the guy from Rogue One who gives Andor the secret orders to go kill Ga- to go kill Galen or so. Is that correct, Nick? Yeah. All right, so P, I think that's, that's him. A, that's a smart pick. It is. No, it definitely is a smart pick. All right. Do you know how he died? It was not in Rogue One. It's one of the few guys know. I do not know offhand how he dies. He was killed by Darth Vader via force choke. All right, so was he, he was on one, cool. of the sh- one of the ships? No, it was like after the fact. It was like in between A New Hope and Empire he died. Also, was in one of the comic books they just killed him off? Yeah. All right, so... I'm up now for two picks here, and I got an interesting spots here to close out my draft. They have some options here because I'm considering the droids because obviously the droids appear in everything, so I feel like that's very easy, especially if they're with Bale. I could definitely see one of the droids come, showing up here, and they could just grab Anthony Daniels for a day on set. But I think I'm going to only pick one of the droids. I'm trying to, I think I'm going to take C-3PO first. I feel like I'm going to see Bale with him at least once. Okay, all right. P, any thoughts on that? Fan servicey, but possible. I feel like I'm looking for the fan service as like adjacent to the plot, whereas like that was my theory with with Rebels. I mean, I I don't. It's kind of fan service adjacent, right? Unless I mean, I, I don't know what the population of Star Wars fans have watched Rebels compared to the population of fans that only watched uh, Clone Wars in the in the movies. So I, to me, that's why I went somewhat Rebel esque. Yeah, I'm still trying to decide on my last pick here because I got several directions I'm considering with this one, mostly on the Imperial front here. I feel like I get, like, Imperial presence here. I'm going to say, give me Krennic as my pick here. So I feel like there's going to... We've seen the white uniforms that he loves to wear. We've seen Imperial officers wearing those. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a briefing and Ben Mendelsohn's there as Krennic for an ep- at least an episode. So I'm going to take Krennic as my last pick. I like it. I think... um I'll say right now, if you did not, I was about to. Yes. Yeah, so, so, Pete, we, would you be excited if we saw Ben Mendelsohn in this show? I would. Yeah. That would be a really cool casting. That would be a really good uh, addition to the show. All right. So, Nick, this is your last pick. All right. I'm down to two. I'm going to take, just because I'm going to be a sucker, 
I'm going to take, um, oh man, this is tough. This is... All right, give me, give me a 20 second timer starting now. Yeah, Pete, this is definitely the toughest show to do the draft for because it's very limited options. Especially when they said it's not fan service. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I have my last like crazy pick. Yeah. All right. I, I, I'll after we're done, I'll talk about people that I didn't pick here, but I will take Ahsoka. So you're taking, you're going to go the fan service route with Ahsoka. Yeah, and my main reason for taking it is because Cassian's nickname is Fulcrum. That's Ahsoka's nickname. Yeah, I know they have more than one Maybe Fulcrum. they had met at some point. Yeah. Maybe Cassian sets up the Fulcrum system, and then Ahsoka is one of the Fulcrums. Well, I think Cassian... I think Ahsoka is Fulcrum first. So you think... So like anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll be taking... I'll be taking Ahsoka. There's two guys here that I wish I took. And, yeah. All right. So, Pete, close us out. You know, one my <laughs> there was two picks I was going to throw in there as a joke. Jar Jar Binks and Cal Kestis. <laughs> and Jar Jar Binks because Senate. And uh, Cal Kestis because I saw the junkyards in the trailer. But Fallen Order happens at like, I think it's what, like 15 BBY, 18 BBY. Like, it's like it's not close to this show. Yeah. He'd be much older. Yeah. He'd be much older. He'd be doing his own thing Jedi wise. So I just don't see him being in it. Um, it it's, a, it's a little tough for me. But I think maybe. The other one I was thinking about too was Tarkin, but I don't know if they're going to do that again. And try to de-age and do what they have to do to make a CGI Tarkin. Um, I did think about Tarkin. I thought about Me too. Tarkin. Me too. But I you think know, I agree with you in the second. I don't think they're gonna do it here. Damn, this one's tough. Do you want me to I filibuster for a minute while you think about this? Filibuster, filibuster, because I'm I'm trying to think in my head what. Go for so yeah, filibuster, and I and I'll, I'll get back to you. Give me like thirty seconds. All right, so Nick, I think the thing with Tarkin is, I think is like I feel like this sort of thing where like it's small potatoes for Tarkin to be involved right now would be my sense with the show, especially like if it's five by we don't even see Tarkin and Rebels till I think towards the end of the first season when the Reb when the Rebels on uh, yeah are showing up causing a problem. I don't think I think this is a point where it's just he's too busy building Death Star to be involved in this. I see Cranks are lower level enough that he shows up. Yeah, I, I think if this show involves the Death Star, Krennic will be in it a lot. I don't think it will involve the Death Star, but I think he can have a cameo or two then, maybe. But the really is that the Death Star thing? Yeah, I think Death Star thing later on. This show will be my guess, if at all, because again, they don't really. It's only a rumor in Rogue One when they hear about it. Right. Yeah. So I don't think they'll talk about that, but that doesn't mean that Krennic can't be in it. Yeah, Krennic could be working think, on other things. Yeah, he could definitely be in other things. Uh, Okay. Uh, I'm interested in Pete's last pick, though. Yeah, it looks like he's ready. Callus. All right, so Agent Callus. That's a that's a Imperial officer from from uh, Rebels. In case people are not aware, and that point, this point, fully Empire, and could be easy way to sort of cast him and say, look, he's going to be in Ahsoka in about a year or so. Year or so. You know who I would cast as Callus? Who was that? Jamie Lannister. That's a good call. 
Thrones. I just started watching Game of Thrones. Actually, I know I'm very late to the game, but as I was seeing that the actor, I can't. Uh, and I oh, uh, it's is a weird, it's a weird name. It's like Nicolas something. I don't know that the actor's name off the top of my head, and I apologize for that. But I think he's like the perfect fit for an Agent Callus. Yeah, I think do you know the do you know the actor, Mike? I do not know the actor. I know the I know the uh, I know the face. Okay, yeah, that's 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 what I meant. Does he know what he looks like? Yeah, I know what he looks like. I could see that this is a, a low enough character where he fits the storyline. Sort of a little wink and a nod to the Rebels fan. Like, oh, like, you know this guy is. And then to the Cavaliers, oh, this is an interesting new character for us to hate at this point in his, in his, in his uh, story arc. So, two Rebels picks. All right. Sure. So, so, to reset the board here, I have taken Bail Organa, C-3PO, and Krennic. Nick has taken Palpatine, General Draven, and Ahsoka. Pete took Jin Erso, Harrison Dula, and Agent Callus. So this this thing could go any number of ways. I think I think our first picks are more are, are, are like, especially with you and you, Mike. It's like, how is it possible? I, I don't think they'll be in it a lot. Like for example, I think Palpatine will be in the show, but I think he'll be in once. Same with Bail Organa. But I just like they're there. I can't I can't see that being zero, but I also can't see that being two. Yeah, I mean, like Bale is in Rogue One for a significant, like he's a, he's a big yeah. background presence in. Like, and we and we literally saw them in the Senate building. How is Palpatine not there? So, but then again, they're probably only in the Senate once, twice tops. How is Jar Jar not there? I think Jar Jar should got be. Kicked, I think Jar Jar gets kicked out of the Senate though canonically, but by, by that point, does he? Yeah, does he really? I think canonically, I think Jar Jar basically is like a, basically like left like being like a like a juggler on tat, on the boo because he's everybody's pissed off at him for starting the Empire. So I know this is true, but I can't find it in writing somewhere that the Empire is quote unquote racist in not in terms of skin color, but in terms of species. Yes. So basically, if you're not a human, you're not a part of the Empire. So that could have been another reason that Jar Jar was kicked out. Yeah, because I remember I've read on the Wikipedia page that somewhere that Jar Jar basically he basically ends up like being a like like a street performer because like he can't get an actual job because everybody's too pissed at him about the uh, fall about him giving Palpatine the emergency power to start the whole mess. Interesting. All right, so that's one option there. I do think in terms of the, I think the only way Nick you could screw out Palpatine is if for some reason they just couldn't get Ian McDiarmid in Masa Meta is like running the Senate meeting or whatever. Yeah, I was thinking that too. It's possible that he's just not there that day. Yeah, maybe he's off for doing his own secrety things. I think Masa meant to do the day to day. I'm also I'm also going off of what Ian McDermott just said at Star Wars Celebration in May when he said, "Like, are you going to be in Kenobi and Andor?" And he's like, "Oh, no way! I'm in those shows." And he was already in Kenobi. Yeah, well, K- Kenobi makes more sense because Vader was directly in that show, and like, they notice none of us said Darth Vader on this one. We also think this is too small potatoes for Darth Vader at this point as well. It's possible. The other people that I had in mind, though, were um. Uh, Thrawn. Okay. Just because it it's it needs to happen at some point. It's getting insane and it hasn't happened yet. And lastly, as I know you said that he said, I think they're throwing us off. I think K2SO will be in the show. I think it'll be in the finale. Yeah, I think I I wouldn't pick I wouldn't have picked him based on all of the other things going on here. I think it just seems like a way to get your attention off of it. Like, no, he's not in the show, and then he's in the show. But then again, I think he'd only be in it once at the end. Pete, anybody else you were thinking about with your last pick there? Honestly, no. I mean, I think, you know, K2SO is like we're going to see him as an Imperial before they take him over. Um, I, the only, I don't know, 
I was thinking like Thrawn too. I was thinking maybe Ezra. Um, it's so tough. Like I, I gotta be honest with you, I'm not that knowledgeable about you know five BBY Star Wars characters and who's around at that point and stuff. I, I'm very what's the word I'm looking for contained to what has been in the mainstream media, if yeah. you will, of of Star Wars. So it's it's a, a little tougher for me. Um, but Thrawn's a Thrawn's a great pick. Space whales, that's a good pick. <laughs> There's only one other character I can think of who, but I don't think they'll do it because we've talked about this in length, how they feel about the movie Solo. But the character from the end of the movie, Enfys Ness, was supposed to be crucial in the beginning of the rebellion. But I think they're just dumping that character because they blame the movie for everything. All right. There are two other ones I had in mind here. One was obviously R2D2. I did not take because I figured if you're going to bring a droid in, bring 3PO in so he can just talk to me, he's translating for something. That's one thing. The other one I stayed away from because I just did this. Like, could, could we see like 14 year old Leia here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would involve another Definitely. recasting because Video Library is too young to play Leia in this show. It's possible. I can also see Tivik. That's the guy from uh, the beginning of Rogue One who yeah. Cassian kills. I doubt it with that, but. I think I've, I feel like you wouldn't see him until season two. Yeah, I don't think you'd see him, but possible. Yeah, Pete, would you be annoyed if they did the young Leia again and made a third different Leia actress? I mean, the other the other person I was thinking about was Galen or so. Yeah, possible too. Just because I mean, he's in the Empire at that point, right? I mean, he's he's in the Empire from when Jin's like what seven? Yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, I not to say I can't stand the characters anymore, but like we've seen enough. I, we've talked about this ad nauseum. We've seen enough of Darth Vader. We've seen enough of. And don't get me wrong, I always love Darth Vader, but we've seen enough of those characters where it's like, we get it. Leia was part of the Rebellion. Leia was part of the Senate. We know Leia was young once. Like, I, I got it. We don't need to see every single thing about the character. Let's move on. And I'm hoping that after Andor's Season 2, we get away from this area of Star Wars lore. I hope we start branching out even more than what they're doing already with Mandalorian, Ahsoka, um, Acolyte, all, all that. Yeah, let's go down to some of our track, some of these trackers for the season. We always have fun with this. We keep track of various things over the course of these shows. So, Nick, as is tradition, we should bring Hondo Tracker back in case he. This is you know, I'm looking at the list right here. You you have six, right? I think they're perfect. I think these are perfect trackers for the show. And I know you want to go over all of them probably individually, but I think these are absolutely perfect. The first one you mentioned was Hondo. Of course, we need to keep that going because one day he will. Appear. Hondo will appear. The prophecy of Hondo will be appearing. Pete, when he appears in the episode, we need to have like a party that night. Yeah, absolutely. We should do the podcast from someone's basement, just throwing a rager, yeah. just pissed drunk. Yeah. Talk about Hondo. I think that's the way we should do it. Yeah, get like as drunk as Hondo does in season five of, of uh, Clone Wars. 100%. Yeah. Let's do it. Absolutely. So Hondo's going to stay. Nick, should we merge the cameo trackers into one tracker? There's something they told us is going to be very, it's not going to be very fan servicey. I think we can leave it, and if it ends up being small, we can always combine it later on. Yeah, because I, I have the animated live-action cameo sort of set up on the screen here as, as options here that we've been doing. I do think there's going to be far more live-action than animated. This has always been on the You shows. know who I forgot to draft? Who's that? I had it planned that I was going to pick him on the last pick was Roken, and I forgot. <laughs> because he, they, I feel like he's going to... I think Enfys Nest was what they wanted to be is this beginning of the empire of the rebellion thing. And then they blame the movie for everything. So I think Roken is now that character. I really do. 
Yeah, so Roken and Quinlan Voss could have been contenders, Pete. Forgot about Quinlan Voss. Yeah, that was, that was insane. They brought up the name and never showed the character. That was stupid. All right. I think the Planet Tracker is a must here as well because I feel like we're going to be planet hopping quite a bit on the show. This is considering we did practical shoots. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Definitely. All right. Next up here, I want to say here the classic line tracker. I think they may not do fans of the characters. P, I think we're going to get some of, the, some of the lines being thrown in there and through some of these characters are unorthodox. Maybe. I, uh, maybe. I, I think that track is going to be pretty low. I feel like we gotta get at least one Wilhelm scream. Well, we'll get a Wilhelm scream. Uh, I just by classic lines, maybe like one or two the entire season. I don't think it's gonna be a lot though. I feel like you get that. Maybe somebody says I got a bad feeling about this. Is really it? I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's gonna come up. All right, this one I started here after watching Rogue One. Nick, the Andor kill count. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's gonna. He's gonna be like Chopper in this. <laughs> yeah, it's left and right. But I, I think Mike. I think you're taking. I think they're trying to throw you off by saying this is not going to be a fan servicey show. And I think they got you. Yeah. I think they're trying to throw you off. And I think that I think they did throw you off. Well, I mean, the whole thing is they're talking about, oh, it's going to be common people. We need to get to stay away from the royal family of Star Wars. I feel like we're going to get like some, but I don't think we're going to get as many as people I've, you're used to with like Obi-Wan or Boba Fett. Let me put it to you this way. Disney has signed this show on for two seasons. There is zero chance that there is no cameos in the show. I don't say there's zero cameos. I say I think they're not going to be like 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 episode six of Boba Fett where it was all cameos. Well, another thing is, look at our list here. Look at our list: Agent Callus and Krennic and Draven and even Hera and even Jin. That's not really fan servicey. Fan servicey is Vader and Kenobi. Palpatine is. But Vader and Kenobi and Leia and Luke, I, I think that's what they're referring to. Yeah. I, I, well, I, who knows? We, we're not going to know until we watch these episodes. Yeah, it's like, I think we're going to see like Lando rolling in, rolling up on this. I see Donald Glover pop up. <laughs> Probably not, but I, I, I can't see a Disney property not putting in characters that will make them money. I, it, it, you get to talking, right? Like a lot of people, uh, a lot of people I know say, why would I watch a show about Cassian Andor? A lot of Star Wars fans I know say that. Well, what if one week the ghost crew is in it, and another week you have, you know, Palpatine be like, no, like, dude, there's, like, people in there that you know. Like, it's it's not just about Cass... And that's how you get people talking, and that's how you get people writing articles, and that's how you get people doing podcasts and, and watching the show. I I have a funny feeling they just did a really good job at duping us into thinking that there's not going to be characters that we know in the story plot as main characters. I think there's going to be one or two that keep popping up. They are like, okay, like this is, this is cool. Counterpoint Mandalorian. When we first heard about this, they, no one said, Oh, it's watching a show about a guy who looks like Boba Fett, not Boba Fett. Granted, they did go with the great character in there, including the breakout of all star Wars media, the Grogu, but like that, like if the show was good, and that drew people in because that that and the Grogu factor. Maybe they had their own character that they're trying to develop here. It's going to be the new breakout character. However, my counterpoint to your counterpoint is they used someone who looked like Boba Fett and someone something that looked like Yoda. It wasn't completely original. If Mandalorian was completely original and it was a regular dude and like the Frog Lady, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. Do you think you're saying, "Oh, I want to watch that show"? It didn't no. You you get drawn into that show because it's literally Boba Fett in silver armor, and you're like, wait a minute, that's cool. 
And then you get Baby Yoda, and Baby Yoda made this thing explode. And guess what? People don't even call him by Grogu. They call him Baby Yoda. So technically, counterpoint to your counterpoint, the show was still fan service. Yeah, Nick, Nick, I'll say, though, like if this show ends up being fun and we see like Cassie do all these crazy spy stuff we don't really get in the Star Wars universe, I think that will also draw people in. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I just I think we got to wait and see because they could easily just be telling the truth and they're trying to, tell, to warn people, don't get your hopes up with a lot of cameos, not going to happen. Or they could be trying to throw people off because they don't want people to... We don't know yet. We're not going to know until we watch it. To be fair, they did say it was all we want to. They said, don't be uh, like on high alert for the for all these cameos. So they definitely said, no Ahsoka, no Boa Fett. And they were right on with both of those. So they did. There was press of them telling the truth to us. Did that show or no cameos because like... Leia was the main character <laughs> after Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah. And then like Darth Vader. So they you had Darth Vader, Obi-Wan, Kenobi, and Leia. There's really no room for cameos. Yeah. yeah, and young Luke. And there was anyway. There was the Emperor. Yeah, he was a good cameo, but I just say here, any other trackers you want to add here? Like anything like maybe number of rebel cells? This is this think this is more of a season two thing. I think it's more of a two thing. I, I'm happy with what we have. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think here. What about the what about how many like how many times we we something with the Senate? Also, I think the other thing I had in my mind. I didn't know how to phrase that though. How many times we go to the Senate? You mean Senate or like how many different senators Mon Mothma runs into? You could see that too, maybe. But I don't think that's interesting enough to try. I, it, 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 I think it's it's fine. I don't know if it's, it's... It's just that I we don't know, is Mon Mothma and the whole piece with the Imperial Senate going to be, like, only during the first arc or last arc? Or is this going to be a season-long thing? We don't really know. You know, we'll have a good solid... You can throw it on there, and then we might have to adjust. Yeah, I'll put, I'll put like, TBD Senate Tracker on our list, and we'll figure out what the Senate situation is, like... I think and Andor Kill Count would be fun because P if he if he pulls a chopper and blows up a starship, that'd be fun. Yeah, and and that's uh it's possible. Yeah. Cause I that'd be chopper being over fifty thousand kills is still is still iconic, Nick. Fifty thousand at that? It's over fifty thousand. Hmm. All right. Let's 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 wrap up here. We do predictions every week going into the going like for what could be coming in the next episode here, so Nick, start us off here. Give me a prediction for this three-episode premiere. I think, uh, obviously, we will uh, have the the destruction, or if you will, of the the Andor village. I don't know what you, how you want to call that. Andor's planet? Yeah, I'm not sure they do anything. It's, I don't think they're going to destroy the whole planet, just his civilization, probably, right? A town? Village, maybe? Yeah, whatever. But you know what I mean. I know what you mean when you write that. And I think we're going to see our, our first glimpse of the Imperial Senate in live action Star Wars. All right. So you're on the board with that. I'm going to say for me, I'm going to also, I'm going to say that we did get the clone troopers in the trail. I think we're going to get the R66 flashback here. I think this is, we're going to see here that somebody was on their planet and then some Jedi gets killed. We never heard of. And then we're going to see that the clones turn on the people. That ends up the planet being destroyed. Order 66 is what ends up wrecking this uh, Andor's planet. I'm going to say we get him going, pulling off an undercover mission in this arc. He gets recruited, says, hey, pass this test. You could join our our rebellion crew, and he passed the test. So I'm going to say Andor's recruitment is basically, do this for us, and you can help our cross. Okay. Pete, anything, any predictions? I think the first three episodes are going to be slow. I think we're going to see Andor is not the rebellious type, but the frightened, what do I do? I need to get out of here and help people kind of person. 
Um, I don't think we get that Rogue One Andor until maybe later in the season. I think we're going to see a different Andor. It's going to be slow. And I agree with Nick. I do think that we get some Senate scenes as well. All right. Well, that's going to be coming next week. A three-episode premiere next week. So we're going to do one podcast for all three episodes. We're going to try and keep it as tight as we can here. We're going to do... Nick, three MVP points in the episode, three LVP points in the ep- in, in the episode. So basically, we're going to spread those across the whole three hours. So whatever you want to do with them, you can do with them. Yep, yep. It's like they they it's like they don't want these shows to just make sense for us. You know, like when they did Kenobi, it was right at the time of my wedding and two episodes before Memorial Day. And then it just got really complicated for us to record. And now they're doing – outside of this, though, it's fine. It's just the three episodes at once is going to be tough for us. But after that, everything should be okay. Yeah, everything should be okay after that point here. And I think you guys are coming on here. Really appreciate it. Pete, if you want to follow on social media, I'm going to do that. At PJ Constantory 29 on Twitter. Football season's around the corner. Hockey season's uh, coming up here. And I think, like like uh, Mike said, by the time you guys are listening to this, week one's already done. So, um, yeah, follow me on Twitter. All right. Nick, if you want to follow you on Twitter, I'm going to do that. At Nick Fry underscore nine. Just retweeting this stuff. All right. Let's follow me on Twitter, mphilips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. This week on the Justin and Suffering Podcast, week one NFL recap, week two NFL picks coming in. Nick, a friend, like friend of ours from the summer, we did the fall in order. Nick Telesio is going to be on the Justin and Suffering doing week two picks. Week two picks. When, when can I make some picks? You'll be on soon. Don't worry. I'm excited to make some picks. Absolutely. Until then, guys. May the force be with you.